0: Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on WLIW-FM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe with local news on Long Island's only NPR radio station. The Middle Country School District's annual fuel costs to transport students had soared 75% to nearly $780,000 by the end of this past school year. In Southampton, district administrators had to transfer about $50,000 within budgets to cover higher fuel costs for their buses. Joy Tyrell reports on Newsday.com that Long Island school districts and bus providers have been feeling the pinch of skyrocketing diesel prices due in part to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, supply chain backups, and a lack of refinery capacity. School officials are hoping prices will ease up before the start of the 2022 23 school year. It's something we've never seen before. That's Corey Muirhead, past president of the New York School. Bus Contractors Association. Quote, companies just got out of COVID and then you had the bus driver shortage. A lot of the contractors are saying, when are the punches going to stop? End quote. Districts set their budgets in the spring, which makes it difficult to accurately estimate how much fuel prices will rise. School administrators and bus companies already had dealt with driver shortages to start last school year and consolidated some bus routes while looking for efficiencies and ways to save money, some of Long Island's 124 school districts run their own fleets, such as Southampton. Some contract out with private companies, and some operate a mix of the two. Districts are required to bus not only public but also private school students. Some contracts with private operators include an adjustment for fuel costs; others don't. Robert Lowry, deputy deputy director. The New York State Council of School Superintendents Association said transportation costs for 2021-22 were locked in by contracts before inflation really hit, so there likely will be a bigger and wider impact in the fiscal year that started July 1st. In Riverhead, another Riverhead nursery grower has been granted a conditional adult-use cannabis cultivator license from the New York State Cannabis Control Board. Denise Civiletti Reports on riverheadlocal.com that van der Wettering greenhouses on Sound Avenue in Jamesport were among 20 growers across the state to be granted conditional cultivator licenses by the state board at its meeting yesterday. The new licenses bring to uh, 223 the number of conditional cultivator licenses issued by the state to date. The application period closed June 30th, van de Wettering. Greenhouses is a nursery grower of flowering plants and ornamental grasses that specialize in young plants that the company sells to other growers. The state has strict regulations governing the cultivation of adult-use cannabis, and the regulations limit the cultivation area to not more than 20,000 square feet. Vanderwetter and Greenhouses is the third grower in the town of Riverhead to be approved uh, for a conditional cultivator license. The first uh, to gain approval was Plant Connection on Sound Avenue in Jamesport, who also own and operate Jamesport Farm Brewery. The second was Peconic Growers in Riverhead, who also own Bianchi Davis Greenhouses on Dr. Path, where they grow orchids. Speaking of Riverhead, local legendary journalist and author Carl Grossman will be speaking tomorrow at 1 p.m. at the Suffolk County Historical Society Museum in Riverhead with Dr. Chris Verga about their new book, Cold War Long Island, which chronicles Cold War activities on Long Island, including the establishment of bases for nuclear-tipped missiles in Rocky Point and West Hampton and proposed Plum Island animal disease Uh, Center Research on the Use of Biological Warfare to Destroy Livestock in the Soviet Union seven decades ago. During Saturday's presentation, the authors will be comparing the old Cold War to the current hot war now raging through Ukraine. That's tomorrow at 1 p.m. in the Suffolk County Historical Society Museum in Riverhead. And finally, multiple shark sightings in Nassau County off Tobey Beach by lifeguards and police Thursday afternoon forced the beach to close at least through this morning. Oyster Bay town officials said about 1.20 p.m. yesterday, lifeguards spotted a shark swimming about 30 yards from shore and immediately cleared the water and closed the beach to swimming, according to Oyster Bay town supervisor Joe Saladino. Meanwhile, in Suffolk County, swimming at Robert Moses State Park beaches resumed following a shark sighting earlier Thursday morning. Vera Chinise reports on Newsday.com that the shark sightings yesterday were the latest in a string of reports of the predators off Long Island beaches so far this month. Multiple people have been bitten. One of the victims, lifeguard Zach Gallo, returned to the stand at Smith Point County Park in Shirley yesterday. No worse for the wear, just 11 days after being attacked by a shark. Gallo, 33, of Bayport, felt a bit of apprehension as he pulled up for work, but that washed away as soon as... As he returned to the ocean, he said, quote, once I was in the water, I was just happy to be back, Gallo said, during a news conference with Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone at the beach on Thursday. My fellow guards and I were yelling who's ready for round two. Gallo suffered injuries to his hand and chest during a lifeguard training drill. July 3, It is. Uh, it was the second of what is now four reported shark-related attacks off Long Island this month. He stressed the importance of only swimming in areas where uh, there's lifeguard supervision and highlighted the quick work of his co-workers in getting him immediate medical attention. Quote, I can't thank my colleagues enough for coming to help me when I needed it at one of the most vulnerable times in my life. End quote. Reading the weather in Oyster Bay today, looking like sunny with a high near 84 degrees. North wind uh, five to seven miles per hour becoming light and variable in the afternoon. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 68 degrees, south wind 5 to 7 miles per hour. Right now, it's 72, and overcast. Very excited about this morning's in-person interview with I Try Girls' Teresa Roden, as well as both an I Try alum and one of her parents joining us for the Friday morning tea, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors. Author Mark Clifford joins us at the bottom of the next hour, ahead of his talk at the Floyd Memorial Library in Greenport, This Sunday at 3 p.m., Mark is the author of the book, Today, Hong Kong, Tomorrow, the World, What China's Crackdown Reveals About Its Plans to End Freedom Everywhere. Music from all decades and genres between now and then, and I know we've only just begun, but I'm going to immediately bunny hop over the Carpenters and open up with the Flamingos. Hootie and the Blowfish, Mark Owen, and the Strokes on deck on the morning and midnight show, giving you a little bit of everything here on Long Island's only NPR radio station. It's the heart of the East End on WLIWFM. I'm Jenna Volpe. These are the Flamingos. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. My
1: love
2: must be a kind of blind love. But
1: you. <laughs> I don't know
2: if it's cloudy or rough.
0: Song for the WLIWFM audience this morning. That's exactly how I feel about what I do for you right here in the WLIWFM studio. Hooting the blowfish, anyone? And her mom are in the house. Stay tuned for an in-person interview here on WLI WFM and PR Radio.
3: Oh, I can tell you what you're thinking by the look on your face. I've been picking all your signals up all over the place. My x-ray vision glasses on to fill in the space I see right through you I see right through you You got your fingers say hey what can i tell you got no excuses for
0: new one from mark owens 2022 record land of dreams you only want me we've got the strokes and sinatra the nancy that is you only live once and you only live twice uh, Lori chaffers you can sing from the the one beginning record of 2003 on deck after that Uh, We've got our Friday morning tea coming soon, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And You're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, broadcasting from the WLIWFM studio, 88.3 on your FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 if you're in central and western Suffolk and the corresponding sections of Connecticut, streaming online to wherever you are, abroad or not, WLIWFM.org. place to nestle the Friday morning tea underwritten by village overhead doors between you only live once and you only live twice in honor of the many lives of Jules Lester um, and I try alum joining us in the studio this morning. Good morning, Jules. And you can just go real close to the to the microphone. We're having fun in the studio this morning with Jules, her mother and I try uh, founder and Executive Director Teresa Roden. First of all, Teresa, can you tell us? Did you just go on the Today Show?
4: <laughs> I think so. I'm getting some text messages, so I think it must be airing. I haven't seen it yet, but yes, we were featured on this morning's uh, third hour of Today. It was pretty exciting.
0: So um, let me know. Try press the on button on there. I want to see if that makes any difference. You see the button? It says that's big that's one. That's that's one. The Oh, so it didn't make any any difference. So it must just be. Oh, I see. How about now? Let's see. How's oh that my so gosh, so much better. You can hear me, world. You can hear. I can hear you. All right. So so let's talk about first of all, uh, Jules. You're a graduate of East Hampton High School. You participated in I try from sixth through eighth grade at Montauk School, and I want to talk about how much of a game changer that was for you because, well. Kids may be mean. Bullying tactics kind of take a sophisticated turn through those years. Can you talk a little bit about your story about uh, what it was like for you and what how I try uh, made a difference or not?
5: Yeah. So the way kids were kind of mean to me was I was excluded a lot, and so um, I I try to give me a place so that I could be included, and I felt like I had a family there. And Teresa and Alyssa and all of the coaches made me feel welcome and accepted, which was something I wasn't necessarily feeling at recess or in gym class or in the classroom. And so I watched my peers be able to form these really strong bonds with each other. But I wasn't feeling like I had that. Right. And when I entered iTry, I was able to get that strong bond and have those connections. And that really changed my life.
0: You know, and it's so funny because it's such a simple thing. But can you talk about... difference that it did make or can you imagine where things might have gone if you didn't have that outlet that connection that that guidance toward creating connections with other kids
5: yeah so if i didn't have i try i think i might have gone into a really dark place where going into high school making friends would have been even more difficult for me um because I had I try, I was able to walk into band class on the first day, and sit down next to another kid I recognized from I try, and we became friends, and we've been close ever since that first day of band class, where we just sat together because we recognized each other from I try.
0: Beautiful stuff. Now, Becky, uh, your mom, Becky Lester, can we just have you uh, talk a little bit here from your perspective, uh, what you were seeing before I try. And uh, through the experience.
6: Yeah, I just noticed Jules was really struggling in middle school. And once um, she got to I try, it made a huge difference. Like um, she came home happy, it brings tears to my eyes because it was a really trying time for her. And I feel like Teresa and Alyssa and all the coaches gave her this motivation and um, made her feel accepted in a time where she did not ever feel accepted. And um, it made a big difference. It helped her in so many ways. It brought out her smile again that we had missed for a long time. And um I think it gave her the ability to know that she was important and to be successful in everything that she did. And she's great at public speaking now. And it brought out like an amazing side of her (laughs) that um she was lacking the confidence in beforehand.
0: You know, absolutely vital stuff. And you know uh Another reason why I'm sure you guys are so excited to be getting back in person again. But just touching on the dark place that you mentioned, Jules, uh, Teresa, can you talk about the adolescent mental health crisis uh, that we've been experiencing, particularly through these very dark past two years?
4: Absolutely. And thank you. First, first, I just want to thank Becky and Jules for, for being here and doing this and speaking from their hearts so eloquently. They're they're rock stars, so thank you. Um, And and yes, you know, as as demonstrated with Jules' story, she was she's not alone. Right, right? middle school is a hard hard time, and uh, middle school girls have suffered from anxiety and depression and all of that forever for for many years. And we all know some of the the things that are um, exacerbating that, social media. And, and
0: oh, I can't even imagine the way that. that social media oh, uh, must have really knocked this into an atmosphere that that us as people
4: who grew up pre-social media yeah. cannot even imagine. Right, right. I'm so grateful that, that I didn't have to deal with, you know, a portion right. of what they have to deal with. But what we found, um, you know, during... The 2020 and 2021 shutdown and when they weren't in school was a dramatic increase in mental health disorders and um, outreach. So so families were contacting us as, uh, you know, asking for help. The day I'll never forget the day that Governor Cuomo announced that schools would be closed back in 2020, that school year. Oh, how fun that was. And that afternoon, it was a Friday afternoon, and we got four frantic phone calls from moms who were sure that their daughters were going to take their lives. And that's how quickly and dramatically things went south. We, of course, went into action, and we partner with um, Family Service League out here and made sure that they were all cared for and everybody was fine but we just knew that we were going into some something we'd never faced before and so um when we knew we could go back in person this this year um our program as you probably know starts in February and runs through the end of July but in November this past November we brought um a team from an amazing organization called the Center for Healing and Justice Through Sport. Ooh. They're amazing. Look They them sound up. perfect for iTrump. Exactly. And they designed a training for all of our staff, board, some of our um, alums and volunteers on trauma-informed care and coaching so that we would be prepared to face whatever we were going to face this year. And I'm telling you, it's made an incredible difference.
0: Please tell me some of the takeaways from their training. Yeah. What did they, what did so, they tell so you? So
4: basically, it's it's wonderful. It's all based on the work of Dr. Bruce Perry. If you haven't heard of his work, please look him up. He, um, His most recent book is um, What Happened to You which he co-authored with Oprah Winfrey. It's phenomenal, it's a great audio book to listen to because it's all conversation. And he's the foremost expert in um, childhood trauma. And so his work is all science-based, brain science based on trauma responses. And so um, the training that we did, it just, it set us up to to see some signs, uh, you know, can we, we collectively we've all been through trauma right some of us much more so than others and um so so you know sorry yeah. to to interrupt
0: but i think one of the greatest parts of this is that it informs um some of the responses from trauma can be pretty distasteful and on the surface appear uh the, there's something with this person yeah, yeah. and and that that makes right. Makes it so that you're in a place that some uh, distasteful behavior,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, aggressiveness, right, right. etc. Well, that's
4: that's Go hence ahead. the name of that book. Yeah, it's changing. You know, the the name of the book is What Happened to You. So, right, when we know if somebody lashes out at us or someone's behaving in a a way that's not appropriate, you're, you're exactly. But you look at them and and your reaction is, what's wrong with that person? Why would they be like that? Which is uh, likely further
0: traumatizing. Right, when
4: you switch it and from this empathetic point of view and say, what happened to that person that made them have to behave like this? Right. What trauma, you know, and we are we all walking around with trauma in our lives. And so it's it's that it's really changing the focus from that. What's wrong with you to what happened to it's you? Like, it's like a flower that needs water.
7: You
0: yeah. know, so it's like yeah. if if the flower, you know, an angry flower, mm-hmm. like instead of, you know, ripping it out of the ground, giving yeah. it a little water. I know from a mm-hmm. service industry perspective, some of the most. Aggressive, angry, rude customers
2: mm-hmm.
0: w- instead of responding by by giving that back, giving them uh, a kindness, showing yeah. them extra attention, mm-hmm. ten times out of well, nine times out of yeah. ten, I'll say there's the point zero zero one percent, but <laughs> but nine times out of ten, that person would switch, would open up. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. And it diffuses stuff.
4: it diffuses the so have, situation. You, have you
0: seen that in the eye Tribe? We we have.
4: So so really what it did was it prepared us um, you know, for some of the things that we're now seeing. So for example, um the best way to deal with um healing from trauma is something called patterned repetitive movement. Interesting. Right? It's so what's better than Running, right, or riding a bike, or swimming—it's exactly that pattern, repetitive movement. Because when um, someone's under that stress response, they—they don't—they're not hearing you. You, There's nothing you can say that's going to—you know—it's—it's a brain thing that happens, and they've shut down and freeze up. But if they're given the tools and the support, and we understand um, how to how to um, give them small doses of things that are going to push them past their comfort zone. And that's really what this season was about is little, you know, we, we, we've always been pretty gentle, but this year, you know, we, we've got a couple that every time they go down to the water, they freak out. They don't want to go in the water. And instead of really pushing, we say, okay, well, let's do something on the shore. Yeah. It's up to you. Do you want to just walk and make sure everybody's okay? You know, and, and we had one girl that was her story all season and last Wednesday we did the run through. Guess what? She got in that water. She swam the whole thing. She went out on the bike. She rode the whole thing. She finished the run. Beautiful. On tomorrow she will cross the finish line. But it was her choice, giving choice, giving loving support. We have a line and I try, right? That that the girls who are the hardest to love are the ones who lo- need your love the most. Oh. And, yeah, and that's I that's love that. that's what we do. We're, we're getting close.
0: We're good. It's free by the way if you if you uh, know someone who would be a good I try girls uh, check out i trygirls.org I believe is the website Indeed. now we' we're getting close to the time in fact we're hitting it <laughs> uh, so let's let's we'll be a, a, a bit quick. I definitely want to ask you Jules what's coming up for you I know you just graduated high school
5: Yeah so in the fall I'll be heading to Yukon
0: Nice. yeah.
5: Um, and I'm gonna major in chemistry. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me, tell me
0: everything. First of all, we need more people like you getting into the mm-hmm. sciences, getting into chemistry. What is your, what's your dream? What do you hope uh, to focus on, or, or, do you care? What do you, what are you interested in?
5: So I hope to become an emergency room doctor and work in there. And I want to come home to, to work either in Southampton or Stony Brook or somewhere close. I
0: love you. You are amazing. Did the pandemic and what you experienced as a young person these past two years inform that decision?
5: Yeah, I definitely saw a lot of people hurting. And I know how much having somebody who's understanding being there at your bedside when you're not feeling so well um, can mean. Because when I was young, I went into anaphylaxis. So Having that experience and watching the pandemic and how that progressed really informed that decision.
0: Jules Lester, everybody. Okay, so what's going on tomorrow, Teresa? Mm. I know we're running out of
4: time. <laughs> tomorrow is our big day. So, tomorrow is the Hamptons Youth Triathlon, which is open to all kids, ten to seventeen, at Long Beach in Sag Harbor, New York, and we are in for an exciting day. That's the culmination for all of our I Try kids, and we welcome any kids to come down and participate give it a try
0: very cool Becky before we let you guys go is there anything that you wanted to to
6: add no I just think uh, iTri is a great program and I think anybody's child should get involved with it Uh, it's like a family away from your own so Teresa and Alyssa and all the coaches Sharon everybody took Jules under their wing and made her feel comfortable and accepted and she got out of her comfort zone and did things she never thought she would do so I encourage all young you know, athletes to get involved.
0: I agree. And I am excited for everybody's second life out there. Remember, you don't just live once. You can live twice. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Teresa Roden, Jules and Becky Lester. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. It's How perfect of an I Try anthem is that? Lori Chavers, you can sing from the one beginning record of 2003, still reeling from our Friday morning tea underwritten by Village Overhead Doors. What a gift. Uh, This morning's interview with Teresa Roden and Jules and Becky Lester was, uh, I've got a little bit of something different for you. It's a single from Marshmallow and Juicy J. Featuring James Arthur, it's You Can tr- you can Cry. I've got, um, let's see, Jillian Steele's You Can Have Him, a single. And then, uh, just to be fair, Waylon Jennings' You Can Have Her from 73. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're listening to The Morning and Midnight Show featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life all on all because of you the listener of WLIWFM uh, Long Island's only NPR radio station we'll be back
8: Baby, picture this sunset on the ocean that's Pacific. New whips, new tips. Now your wrist lit. You can get anything off your wish list. Every day is Christmas. Look, I promise you don't want to miss this. All I got is bread like a biscuit. Got a secret location unlisted. We can get twisted. I don't want to wait. I don't need a break. You just bring the gift. I'ma bring the cake, go for two rounds. Light a spliff, you land next to a star. Make a wish. I get something you can ride if you need a lift. Whenever you with me, the problems don't exist. Anywhere you wanna go, scratch it off your list. You wouldn't even wanna cry if you imagine this. i Cry on my I got you. All the pain. up late night calling. I was up late night balling. Almost made you wanna throw the tile in. Hey. Almost made you wanna trade the style in. Counting up hundreds by the thousands. Honey stacks, running back, Hester. Double up, one more time, no pressure. I believe in you, so you next up. I put diamonds in your cross, God bless you. You put the work in, you deserve that. Hard work pays off. I know you heard of that. Slow it down. Let me show you how to work that. That coupe you was dreaming about, you can swear that. You just gotta take a chance. Take control of that. You just gotta chase the dream. Get a hold of that. Then you put in overtime. Nothing over that. Then you do it one more time. Gotta run it back. You want that over there?
9: you made it you found the one and you're saving empty bottles of wine from your first date girl he's taking me and having nashville to that place i bet you think that i hate you but really i should thank you for taking him off of my hands when you did you really did me a favor and trust me, in a couple months we'll be jigging about it. But for now, yeah, you can have it, you can keep it. Tell everyone you stole my man. You can have it, cause I'm leaving you with everything that I can't stand. Like a shitty taste of music in his grandpa's fence, that you could only use in his dirtbag back fence. If you want the worst I've ever had. You can have it, ooh, yeah, you can have it, ooh, ooh, ooh. and his obsession with his mama, there's no excuse but he's got one, for every lie that he tells makes you question yourself, so girl if you still want him, you can have him, you can keep him, tell everyone you stole my he taste some music in his grandpa's fence That Chico only uses in his back fence If you want the worst I've ever had then Yeah, you can have it Ooh, yeah, you can have it Ooh, ooh, Trust me, I've been where you've been Thinking that you can't live without him Oh, without him Trust me in a couple months we'll be drinking about him but for now yeah you can have him you can keep him tell everyone you stole my man you can have him because i'm leaving you with everything that i can't stand music in his <laughs> grandpa's pants that she belongs
0: Waylon Jennings leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Um, but I will say that I noticed that some of the tracks that I had added to the playlist didn't transfer. So I am going to use, I'm going to do something really cheap, and I'm going to use you to reclaim those lost tracks. If you want to hear the playlist in the order that I had prepared it, you can always find it on the Heart of the East End program page on WLIWFM dot o-r-g uh it looks like we're going to be reclaiming bay city rollers uh, colin hay and possibly chapel Hart. i'm jenna volpe this is William jennings and you whoever you are out there you're awesome and you're listening to wliwfm npr radio
10: She ran away with my best friend, comes home at night for just one hour. When daylight comes, she's gone again, you can't help her. ain't much that you can do. Just dig a hole and crawl right in it then pull the ground right in over you.
0: With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. The New York State Board of Elections has rejected Republican Lee Zeldin's bid to gain an extra ballot line in the governor's race by reviving the old Independence Party line. Yancey Roy reports on Newsday.com that New York is among the few states that allow candidates to appear on the ballot multiple times under the backing of different parties. Congressman Zeldin from Shirley Long Island, along with the entire Republican Ticket, had submitted about 52,000 petition signatures to run as Independence Party candidates, which would have been about 7,000 more than they needed to qualify. But the board, following up on an assertion that thousands of signatures were merely photocopied duplicates, threw out nearly 13,000 signatures, leaving Zeldin shy of the 45,000 minimum. The Zeldin petition signatures were challenged not by Democrats, but by the Libertarian Party. Quote, Republicans talk a lot about election integrity, but the Zeldin campaign attempted to fly under the radar and submit over 11,000 fraudulent signatures in an attempt to get a third line on the ballot, Andrew Colstey, the Libertarian secretary, said in a statement. Zeldin spokeswoman Katie Vincenzo said in an email to Newsday, quote, being nearly an entire grassroots effort, we haven't reviewed all the petitions nor the specific objections associated with them. In the final few days leading up to the filing deadline, tens of thousands of signatures from all over the state had to be immediately turned into the Board of Elections, end quote. In other news, recreational cannabis dispensaries are one step closer to taking off under regulations approved yesterday, though some potential applicants complained the hurdles to qualify have been set too high. Serena Trangle reports on Newsday.com that the regulators aim to allow New Yorkers to apply for the first batch of retail licenses this summer, paving the way for legal recreational sales before the end of the year. The initial uh, conditional credentials will be reserved for New York business owners who are impacted by the prohibition of marijuana and vocational nonprofits, according to the State Cannabis Control Board, which approves medical and recreational marijuana policy. Regulators have said they anticipate between 100 and 200 firms qualifying for conditional licenses. The state is launching a $200 million fund to help entrepreneurs who secure this credential find, lease, and set up shops. Board members said the license will ensure people penalized during prohibition are not pushed out because of their records and have a chance to get positioned before others join the industry. Law enforcement officers on Long Island and in other communities across the country have historically arrested black and Latino people for marijuana offenses at higher rates than their white counterparts. Quote, this is a tremendous stride in the right direction. That's Cannabis Control Board Chair Tremaine Wright. We are leading WIC with equity. But Long Island cannabis entrepreneurs told Newsday the qualifications are so specific that the state risks undercutting the population it aims to support. To qualify, businesses must show that justice involved entrepreneurs complete, completely control the operation and own at least 51% of the venture. That's according to Aaron. Gitalman, a spokesman for the Office of Cannabis Management, which oversees marijuana businesses. Quote, out of over a hundred that I've spoken to, I still, or I don't know one single person that qualifies. That's Osbert Arduña, a Suffolk resident who is on the uh, executive board of the tri-state chapter of the National Hispanic Cannabis Council Trade Organization and a member of a similar state group. I don't know anyone at all. Zero. Applications will open later this summer, sometime after early August, Katelman said. And finally, Long Island school districts are feeling pinched at the pump and wary of fuel prices this coming fall and how higher costs will affect transportation services for students during the 2022-23 term. Joy Tyrell reports on Newsday.com that part of its, uh, as part of its regional transportation system, Eastern Suffolk BOCES transported 3,900 students daily from home to school and back in 2021-22 to more than 100 schools, covering about 5,000 miles per day, according to Ryan Ruff, the COO for Eastern BOCES. Eastern BOCES recently learned that two of the three companies it contracts with cannot provide that service going forward. Eastern BOCES, which serves more than 50 districts, budgets a year ahead due to the complex nature of its transportation routes, Two companies said, I can't keep the business at this price, Ruff said, adding that Eastern BOCES will be seeking requests for proposals for those routes and expects them to be considerably higher because of what happened with the fuel and labor costs. In Southampton, gas for the bus bus fleet rose 40 percent in one year, and for the diesel buses, that price went up 50 percent in a year's time. The district, which runs its own fleet of buses and enrolls 1,389 students, had to budget $50,000 more for transportation for the school year that just ended, from 100 dollars to $150,000 for fuel costs alone. Quote, we depleted the budget allowed for fueling our buses by early spring of the past school year. That's Jean Mingo, the Southampton District's Assistant Superintendent for Business. Quote, I am always concerned anytime we have price increases that weren't projected in the appropriated budget. And this past year, fuel prices were not the only area where there was stress on the budget. With inflation hovering around eight to nine percent, this inflationary pressure has an impact on everything that we procure for the district. End quote. Looking at the weather in Greenport in honor of our next guest, Mark Clifford, the author of Today Hong Kong, Tomorrow the World. What China's crackdown reveals about its planned, to plans to end freedom everywhere. Jody gets at the bottom of the hour for the hot sounds segment, underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema, with a little love note for those who missed the website during the promo. That would be sacharborcinema.org. Looking like a mostly sunny Friday with a high near 82 degrees, calm wind becoming southwest around six miles per hour in the afternoon. Mostly clear tonight with a low around 68 degrees. South wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. Right now it's 71 degrees. Uh, I'm Gianna Volpe and I am going to reclaim some of those lost tracks. Uh, We've got the Bay City Rollers. Who else? Colin Hay and then Chapel Heart. We've got uh, I Only Want to Be With You and If You Only Knew and You Can Have Him Jolene right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI-WFM. could it be another love song for the listeners of wliwfm uh this next one colin hayes and if you only knew from the company of strangers record of 2002 reminds me of the one number list of how to get me to like a song and that is use minor chords Compared with uh, that song, this next interview is going to take a quite drastic turn. Very excited uh, to welcome on to the program Mark Clifford, the author of Today Hong Kong, Tomorrow the World, What China's Crackdown Reveals About Its Plan to End Freedom Everywhere. He will be giving a talk at the Floyd Memorial Library in Greenport this Sunday at 3 p.m., moderated by Shisaki Desai, the former president of the Asia Society. Thank you for joining us, Mark, and for all of your work doing the job of journalism.
7: Well, thanks very much. It's uh, it's nice to be uh, living out here on the North Fork, but I was I was sad to have left Hong Kong after almost 30 years there, but um situation, several of my colleagues, jail. So I thought um, it'd be better to come here.
0: Absolutely. You know, I I had written, you know, how you lived in in Hong Kong for decades, a journalist who can talk about the death of such there, uh, especially uh, through the pandemic, as you write in your book. You hadn't initially gotten involved in protests as you were the executive director of the Asia Business Council, but an acquaintance of yours, Jimmy Lay, I hope I'm saying that right, of Apple Daily And others seemed to be warning you about what was coming. Mark, can you please start by talking about the systematic chipping away of Hong Kong's freedoms by mainland China that occurred over the years leading up to the summer of 2019, as well as the plight and demise of free thought, including Apple Daily. When did you finally begin to see what acquaintances of yours had been warning you about?
7: Yeah, well, I mean, you've summed it up uh, nicely. So I moved to Hong Kong in 1992 when it was still a British colony. And at that time, the last governor, Chris Patton, was trying to introduce more democracy. And um, Jimmy Lai, uh, who I got to know then, uh, started a new pro-democracy newspaper. And, in fact, he'd been warning me for decades, and I thought perhaps he was a bit alarmist. But uh, I went on the board. I was the editor-in-chief of uh, both of the English Newspapers in, in Hong Kong, South China, Mooning Post and The Standard. And um, then later, as you said, I went to the Asia Business Council. But I went on the board of directors of Jimmy Lai's company, the company that published Apple Daily. And um, uh, again, he had been warning and we could see the gradual erosion and the pushing of uh, by the Chinese and Chinese Communist Party. But particularly in the last decade under Xi right. Jinping, uh, China's taken a real turn for the worse. And um These demonstrations broke out in 2019, but I think when I really started getting worried personally was when a new national security law came in exactly two years ago this month. And then he was sent to jail. In fact, he's there now. Um, All the the directors who were in Hong Kong uh, of the company were put in jail. Luckily, I was out of Hong Kong then. Um, And six other colleagues are, are also in jail. So you know, it's one of these funny things. It's a bit, you know, like the old story about, you know, frogs who don't know how to get out of boiling water.
2: Right. Backed frogs
7: do jump out. And I guess I was lucky enough to have kind of inadvertently happened to be back here. Um, and when Jimmy um, was in prison and, and uh, my name was thrown around by the prosecutor for, I thought, quite stupid reasons. But anyway, they put people in jail for anything these days. Right. And, um, I, I think the hard thing, you know, it's so nice. I live out on the North Fork. It's so nice out here. And it's hard time to draw the connection. What is what's going on in Hong Kong or China have to do know. With anybody here? And it really came home to me um, when I, I coincidentally met a young woman uh, whose boyfriend had died in the fentanyl poisonings, the ODs, last August. Right. And you know, we had people in I think forty-eight hours from Greenport, Southhold East Marion Shelter who yes. who died. And most of that fentanyl is coming from China. And I mean, China is able to. Crackdown on its own people at home, and it just has an utter disregard for the lives of, you know, those of us in the North Fork and I'd really say around the world. And I, you know, am so pro-Chinese, and I'm so um, uh, concerned about the Chinese Communist Party and, the, and the, you know, the techniques, it's whether it's fentanyl or it's harassment of dissidents and critics abroad as well as in China. I just, you know, I wrote the book, you know, partly from my, my personal experience, but also to try to get people to, to understand a bigger context, uh, you know, even in lovely places like the North Fork, um, that uh, affects you know all of us.
0: You know, thank you for writing this book. I think the the metaphor you used about the frog not knowing how to to jump uh, of the boiling water uh, because the water is incrementally uh, becoming hotter is so succinct. Especially when you know you think about uh, the protests that were happening in in 2019, the summer of 2019, which Uh, utterly blew my mind. Millions of people um, protesting for, you know, universal suffrages and and whatnot. And then I remember through the pandemic, the biggest story that I was listening to, let's say, just driving into work, listening to Morning Edition, was the dismantling of Apple Daily and watching uh, journalism truly perish. But then I read your book and I look at how things were – incrementally uh, showing w- where things were moving when you look at the arrest through uh, 2014, say, you know, and when planning for this interview. Yeah, I mean, go ahead.
7: Yeah, no, as you say, it's, you know, it's incredible. I mean, you're running. Uh, yeah, I wasn't involved in day to day operations. But I'm a director of a company. In newspapers, same thing we've been doing for 26 years. People going to work every day, just like you, listening to the Hong Kong equivalent, Morning Edition, and all of a sudden, Morning Edition shut down. Those people are put in jail. 550 police come to our newsroom, take away the editor in chief. I mean, can you believe this? It just in your own radio station or anywhere you work. Can you imagine just Five hundred and fifty cops coming in, and treating the thing like it's a, a five hundred and fifty police is a lot. You know, you know, taking all the journalists' computers, um, you know, and marching some of them. The editor in chief has never been free from. You know, it's just over a year ago. He's been hasn't been convicted, hasn't really been formally charged with anything for some vague national security stuff. But he, he hasn't had a trial, and they they, they won't let him out. It's uh, it's
0: unbelievable. It really is, you know, and and it, and as you mentioned, it's crazy how easily things like this happen. You know, I, I had planned to ask about ways to extrapolate this story and, for example, draw comparisons between the bait and switch for universal suffrage with the extinguishing of free thought to, say, uh, certain U.S. Supreme Court justices promising to uphold precedent ahead of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. But I was more spooked by uh, what seemed to be more direct connections that you were drawing between mainland China uh, continuing to do what it does to Hong Kong and the rash of fentanyl deaths that you mentioned rocked a region this past summer. I had not considered any connection before. Uh, what is it? Is it? Are you just mentioning about how uh, the drastic uh, comparison between what they're doing to their people and then, as you mentioned, disregard for uh, lives outside of that? Or is there more than that?
7: Well, no, I think that's you, it's a, it's a very good series of questions. First of all, you know, quickly on uh, any lessons or extrapolations to to the U.S. or anywhere else. I think it's uh, such a reminder that you know, freedom and democracy, however imperfect it is everywhere and it always is, it's very very fragile Amen. and it re- always relies on a few individuals. And when those people flip, and I saw this, I knew many of the people in Hong Kong who ended up enabling uh, the Chinese Communist Party complete takeover and destruction of freedom in Hong Kong. So, I mean, I think that's definitely a lesson everywhere. It's a very fragile thing, and uh, institutions are only as good as the individuals who are in there. Um, uh, In terms of uh, China's reach around the world, I mean, they've made it clear they want to displace the U.S. as the preeminent global power, not only in the Pacific, but everywhere. They want to make it so that you would be, let's say, afraid to invite even somebody like me on your radio show. I mean, that's the kinds of things – uh, they've been doing in other places. I mean, it starts with the Dalai Lama and with very high profile people, but they've been threatening people and had colleagues who have been threatened. I have a called a British citizen. and He's been and he works in the UK. And they said if he didn't shut down his website, his UK based website, that he'd be subject to the national security law. That means if he travels to, for example, Thailand, he could be extradited to China and spend his life behind bars. So I think there's, you know, that's kind of a narrower thing where they want to drive the discourse. They want to say, what well, we can't talk about Tibet or we can't talk about the Uyghurs. We can't talk about Hong Kong or Taiwan or the militarization of the South China Sea. But then they want to move their surveillance uh, technology uh, abroad, as we've seen they've, they've been doing with a, a you know, great tech companies, but they're working for the Chinese Communist Party. The fentanyl thing is a little bit different, but I think it shows – the utter disregard they have uh for, for lives, but especially for, you know, American and I would say generally foreign, but uh, American lives. Why is it they can, you know, have surveillance techniques that can basically find anybody in China, but they somehow can't shut down um, you know, labs that are producing the precursor chemicals for fentanyl. I mean and they it's gone all the way to the, you know, presidential level. They've promised to stop it and they don't. And I think that shows the kind of moral bankruptcy that, that uh, afflicts the place.
0: Well, you certainly answered my question, uh, why might Americans want to reconsider traveling to Hong Kong, for example. Uh, you can be, have um, the national security law imposed upon you and uh, get thrown into jail. So do be careful uh, when you're traveling abroad. Uh, one of the, the things I did want to talk about in connection With this uh, sort of martial law uh, that Hong Kongers have been living under, um, how did an old Soviet joke become a reality for Hong Kongers in the wake of enacting national security law?
7: You're talking about uh, somebody getting arrested for holding a blank piece of paper, and and the woman says, but it's... Yeah, I didn't write anything. They go, yeah, we know what you're thinking. And uh, unfortunately, that's the reality. That has actually happened in Hong Kong. Uh, A number of people have been arrested for holding a blank pieces of paper. And I think, again, it shows how quickly uh, uh, freedoms can disappear when um, the the leaders uh, give up and, and cry. And it's very sad because Hong Kong is a place that... Yeah, you know, really, in many ways, was you know like a global, a global financial center. Maybe not quite as free, but pretty robust and freewheeling. And, And you know, people being arrested for you know, blank pieces of paper—it's it's crazy.
0: Or, to, or talking about uh, Winnie the Pooh, and why is that?
7: Ah, there was a, a famous uh, photo of uh, Chinese leader Xi Jinping strolling, who's a bit pudgy, strolling with. Uh, at the time, President Obama, I think, in 2015. And uh, that turned into a meme of of Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. Now, you know, you probably wouldn't send somebody to jail in the U.S. if they, you know, used that to make fun of President Obama or any other president. But in China, even little bits of criticism like that are seen as as so threatening that uh, to even show Winnie the Pooh is is to risk going to jail.
0: Well, it's crazy stuff. And we're grateful that you are here with us Uh, Rather than overseas, but uh, absolutely uh, heart crushed, uh, especially for the press, the press and the people uh, that are being uh, oppressed overseas. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about what folks can expect this Sunday at uh, Floyd Memorial Library in Greenport when they come to see you talk?
7: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for your interest. Uh, thanks for w- all WLIW's work. I've been a supporter since uh, I moved back here about a year and a half ago. And um, uh, I yeah would like to invite everybody to come from 3 to 4.30. As you mentioned, Fashaka Desai, who's a longtime president of the Asia Society, as an author and own right, will be uh, moderating a discussion um, with me to talk about uh, my book on Hong Kong and uh anything else that folks want to talk about. So it's a nice opportunity to meet people in the community and talk about um, some of the issues beyond our shoulders.
0: Will you have your book? The book is Today, Hong Kong, Tomorrow, The World, What China's Crackdown Reveals About Its Plans to End Freedom Everywhere. Um, Yeah, I will. um, Fantastic. So Mark's going to be signing books there as well. Before I let you go, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to make sure that folks know out there?
7: Well, I just think it's so important for Jimmy Lai and the people in Hong Kong to just be remembered by the rest of the world. I mean, it's the world's a big place, There's a lot of bad stuff going on, but um, what's happening in Hong Kong today really is a kind of roadmap for what China would like to do. And China's not invincible, so I think we need to all do our bit to um, remember political prisoners in Hong Kong, to think about China and, and what they're doing, and to fight for freedom in whatever way is meaningful for us. I obviously have a particular interest in Hong Kong and China, but um, as you pointed out, it's a it's a global uh, continuing struggle. So I really appreciate your interest and uh, hope forward to uh, look forward to seeing um, people on Sunday.
0: It's our honor, our pl- prevel- uh, our pleasure. And our privilege uh, to be doing the job of journalism. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Mark Clifford. This is Chapel Heart and you, whoever you are out there. You're awesome and you just heard the hot sound segment underwritten by Sag Harbor Cinema. Here on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. i Working up my courage to play Sturgill Simpson's You Can Have the Crown. Can I do it? I did it! I played you some Sturgill Simpson. How about I play you some Sly in the Family Stone. You can make it if you try. You don't need to rob a bank. You can just put your mind to whatever legal thing it is that you want to do. You know, unless you're living in a really oppressed place. Faces and the Moody Blues on deck. Nine, ten minutes before the NPR news break. And the end of this edition of The Heart here on WLIWFM. How's that for a Friday morning affirmation for you? You can. You can make it if you try. This next one, you can make me dance, sing, or anything. Even take the dog for a walk, mend a fuse, fold away the ironing board, or any other domestic shortcomings. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Faces. And you, whoever you are out there, you're fabulous. On this Friday morning on wli Yeah, I cannot tell you how much I love what I do for you every weekday, morning and midnight. Uh, we This next one is one uh, many of you know. And the following one, I imagine one next to nobody knows. And I imagine was probably written by uh, a father as a lullaby to their child. We're going to follow the moody blues. You can never go home with slugs and bugs. You Can Always Come Home. And I think that was the track that I, uh, I I, was thinking when I was driving to work, how, man, I'm such a sucker for for minor, minor chords. I think that's the one. Um, then I'm going to hop over T.I. as you can tell how I walk um, and hopefully have time to play Elise LeGros' cover of Chuck Berry's You Never Can Tell. I hope all of you are having a beautiful morning. And if not, that you have a beautiful rest of it. Uh, you can choose, I think, although circumstances do exist. I'm Jenna Volpe. These are the Moody Blues. And you out there in a blue moody, you know, here's a, here's a virtual hug, a mind hug for you. Uh, we will be right back. Deep bow to our guests this morning. Teresa Rodin, Jules and Becky Lester, and Mark Clifford, as well as our underwriters. Know what I'm for. Village Overhead Doors and Sag Harbor Cinema.
11: The sea, hear it. I love you in joy and I love you in sorrow. You can always come home to me. There once was a man, found him a treasure buried out under a tree. He sold all he had just to own it treasure is you. Were some sheep safe on the farm? One little I love you today and I love you tomorrow I love you as deep as the sea I love you in joy and I love you in sorrow You can always come home to me You can always come home You always come
0: That's the truth of it. That makes three love songs for the listeners of WLIWFM this morning. I'm Gianna Volpe, and I really mean it. You can always come home to Long Island's only local. All right, wait a minute, Lise. What I was saying is you can always come home to Long Island's only local NPR radio station by going to 88.3 on your FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut. 96.9 and Central and Western Suffolk, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIWFM. I'm going to let Elise LeGros and T.I. and Rick Ross lead you into the NPR news break with with You Never Can Tell. And you can tell how I walk here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. Have a beautiful rest of your Friday
1: was a teenage wedding in the
0: to give you a minute of TI, just for funsies. I'll play, I'll plan another playlist around that cover. I can't believe I'm doing a straight minute of this.
12: Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. It's true. You <laughs>
12: can <laughs> I just wanna hype
0: you guys up. Hey i
12: am When I'm walking up, I'm bossing up and not even no perfect bro. You talk too much, you soften for Your type, I seen it out too much. You don't want no pause up And we know it and life for you all will make you cough it up And keep going today